so rudely interrupted yesterday by breaking news that Brent Pry got his dream job of being a head coach at Virginia Tech. Uh, so rude. But also, congratulations to Brent Pry and his family. That's awesome for them. Hope it's very successful for him in Virginia Tech. What we were going to talk about yesterday, before all of that news broke, was the news that Brian Kelly left Notre Dame. And yes, I know, it's the Blue White Illustrated Daily Edition. Why are you talking about Notre Dame? Because of the schools Penn State has recruiting battles with, Michigan and Ohio State are obviously in the Big Ten East. Those are some of the biggest battles. Uh, but also, Notre Dame. Lots of players Penn State goes after are the same ones that Notre Dame is interested in for years and years and years now. So if you've been following Penn State recruiting, you already know that. Some of the battles that Penn State has won, one in particular, Nick Singleton, was down to Notre Dame and Penn State chose the Nittany Lions. But what about the guys that went the other way? Brian Kelly's in LSU now. And after his four-minute uh, goodbye to the team, that several players, by what I've seen on the internet, all recorded it and sent it to the media. I don't think it's a particularly happy place right now for those football players and for the recruits of the class of 2022. What are they thinking? What about those players that Penn State offered and uh, chose Notre Dame? Do they have some reservations about not having Brian Kelly there? That's what we're going to focus on today. I compiled a list of the players that I thought were uh, guys that had offers and seemed like they had serious interest from Penn State, and we're going to take a look at that right now. And by the way, it's a good thing that we did the show yesterday because today we've got new information. Not only do I have the list of players, but I also have the list of players that Penn State is going after, that they're specifically going to be targeting. So if you want all the inside information, whenever it comes out, you got to sign up, bluehideillustrated.com. You get ahead of the curve on your Penn State news in general, but Penn State football news specifically. Ryan Snyder, our on three recruiting insider, he's on top of everything. So sign up for just $1 and you get 12 months free access to on three at Blue White Illustrated. I don't know why you wouldn't do it because let not only do I do the daily edition here, and we post that over on the site so you, it's an easy access place to go get everything, but we do like eight stories a day between Greg Pickle, Ryan, uh, Dave Eckert, and Nate Bauer and myself. Like, we're, there's content all the time, and you're paying a dollar. Like, per day, I can't even calculate how cheap that is. So sign up right now. Go do it. I'll even say, pause the video. Go sign up right now and, uh, and then come back. But if you're already subscribed, and make sure – by the way, it's free – to, to subscribe to this YouTube channel. So just hit the button. I mean, come on, you're here every day. Uh, so let's get to the list. The list of players that Penn State recruited but decided to go with uh, Notre Dame in 2022. This is the list. Emil Wagner, Ty Chan, Aiden Gabira, Jaden Bellamy, Holden Stays, and Joey Tanana. Um, the one that I think is interesting that I just uh, total aside is Holden Stays was once committed to Penn State as a tight end. And then decommitted. He, I think he was a, a sophomore when all that went down. And then committed to Notre Dame. So I think that one's interesting. But that's not who we're focusing on. Because what we've learned is the players that, that Penn State has seen movement with, that, they, that they're going after, are the top three specifically. And we're going to focus on these names of the guys that Penn State singled out. Emil Wagner. Ty Chan, and Aiden Gabira. Now, Gabira, it sounds like a rather tepid response, so that one not necessarily is going to happen. Um, but I took a look at this film, and that's what we're going to do today, by the way, is that's what I know what to do with that information, is, okay, so Penn State's interested in Emil Wagner, Ty Chan, and Aiden Gabira. 
uh, I'm going to give you a quick scouting report just based on their highlights of what these players are at the high school level and what I see them project as and why Penn State is interested in them. Uh, we're not going to get into Gabaira because, like I said, uh, from what we're learning, that one's not really doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. But, oh boy, just as he's good at football. Uh, defensive end prospect, by the way. So we're going to focus on the two players at the top of the list. I'll show it to you again here. That would be Emil Wagner, who, by the way, chose Notre Dame just recently, the 11th of November, and then Tai Chan, both offensive linemen, both tackle prospects in the on three database. I'm going to give you their highlights, and we're going to start with Wagner, which is uh, because he's the one that I think is the best chance, or I guess the one that had the most interest in Penn State the most recently. You see him here in his huddle video. He is a physical freak. Look at him running there as a six foot six, 250-pound tackle prospect down the field blocking. Also a basketball player, good basketball player. You can check out his highlights on his huddle. But his pass protection, his feet, I think they're a little heavy. But again, six foot six, great frame, great movement skills. That to me is untrained. It's not enable. So great profile of what he does there. And then the real thing that you need to know about uh, Emil Wagner is that he is a physically violent human. And he hits like no one I've seen recently for Penn State football. Look at that. Just the, the pad level, the ability to actually extend his arms and, and brings his hips. I love that. With everyone in a spread set, it does limit a lot of guys from actually drive blocking, getting their hips in, engaging, pushing through, and making movement. He does that, and I think he's very good. Now, this is high school, so it's very different than in college, but he does a good job of finding his targets on the second level and making meaningful contact, not just hitting them with his hands and falling off. He actually hits people. I like all of that stuff. Now, I was watching this film a little bit. I watched it a couple times. There's a little bit of the hunchback going to Notre Dame here. So he's very tall and he's a little bit stiff looking in in his in his upper back like he's trying to get low. He's trying to get low and get into that good blocking profile. But instead of lowering his center of gravity, lowering his hips, bending at the knees, he's shrugging his shoulders into it. He's kind of doing this correctable. But it is a thing to notice. And of course, it's six foot six to 50 as he is in the on three database. He's got to get bigger. So a bit of a project, but one that you really want because the, the the natural strength he has at that size is astounding on film. Uh, just a couple more notes about him. He's the 88th prospect in the On3 ranking. His consensus ranking from On3 is 136. So he's a top 150-ish player. On3 sees him as better than that. And I agree with that as far as his, his upside and his physical skills. Uh, the next guy we're going to look at is Tai Chan. He's a little bit more ready to go in terms of being 6'5 and 300 pounds. A couple other notes about him. He is the 11th, the on three consensus, 11th tackle in the nation, 157th overall in the on three consensus, which takes into account all four of the services. So it is the best possible ranking because it takes all the information into account. And again, look at the violence you have here. Six foot five, 300 pounds already, and I'm not seeing any problems with his body mass index and, and the ability, again, to drive block. So if you're unhappy with the way Penn State has been run blocking, so are they. This is what I've been trying to tell Penn State fans who have been talking to me about, well, Phil Troutwine's terrible and get rid of him. He's no good. These are the guys he's targeting. So, so he agrees with you. 
These are the guys he's trying to bring into the program that can be difference makers on the offensive line. And if for for me, this is a tackle prospect, but I see a guard. Six foot five, that is a a tweener frame. But just look at the squat physical abilities that you could put next to a guy like Emil Wagner or next to a guy in the class already like Drew Shelton or Andre Roy. They already have three tackles in this class, and they're trying to add at least one more. And by the way, here's the thing about tackles. As long as they're not unnaturally tall, and not all of them can do this, you can play some of them a guard. Drew Shelton has been the tackle in this class the whole time. He's 6'5", good arm length. Maybe he could play inside. Maybe you could put Ty Chan inside if he decided to, to flip and go to the Nittany Lions. So it gives you more flexibility than if you have interior-only players. Then you're not doing something like moving Ryan Bates to left tackle because you absolutely have to, and he can handle it. Now you have guys where they're supposed to be, and then you can, if you need to, eventually move guards out to tackle once they've been on the football field. It's an ideal place to be, and you've got guys that, that like to run block. And again, a couple of the things I've noted about both Wagner and uh, Tai Chan is that they don't seem like they're well-trained when it comes to their pass blocking. And of the two, I think Chan probably has less physical skills to play on the outside, but still looked okay doing it at the high school level. So it's not like there's a huge problem there. But that's what Phil Troutwine's job is to do. Take these maulers, these physically dominant players, and then teach them to pass block. That's going to be, from what I can see, that's the, the path moving forward. And Penn State is restocking on the offensive line. They're, I, I truly believe if they don't get one of these guys, they're still going to go after a tackle in the transfer portal because they are looking. That's what they are targeting in this class. And Phil Troutwine is getting uh, a good number of guys to go out in this particular class, more so than we've seen recently. So that's what you need to know from Notre Dame. I'll put this up again. These are the Notre Dame commits that Penn State is uh, looking into and is seeing if there's any interest. So Mill Wagner, four-star tackle. Ty Chan, a four-star tackle. And Aiden Gabira, a guy that's a defensive end, four-star guy that seems like he's going to stick with Notre Dame. So that's really the the main thing today. But what we're doing this week is we're going to be taking a look at the different ways Penn State can change the roster going forward. I'm going to give you what I think they should do in the transfer portal, guys that I think they should target. That being said, we do have some questions today, and some of those overlap. So it's the offseason, and I wanted to get to some things that I thought were interesting from people on Twitter that asked me questions, and I wanted to to answer them, kind of get into those conversations on the show. So at Thomas Frank Carr, just an open invitation for the offseason. If you have a question, you have a thought, you want to debate something, you have an idea, at Thomas Frank Carr on Twitter. And if you're polite and you're nice and you have a question, or if you're polite and you're nice and you disagree with something politely, we'll discuss it. Uh, or, by the way, if you're a Lion's Den member, you can always message me on the board, and we'll have the conversation there. And if it's a good one, we'll bring it here to the show. Okay, so let's get to the questions. I love having a good bed music, so let's see if we can find a good one here. Okay, let's see what we got. How's this? Yeah, I think that'll do. Okay, so our first question comes from Nestor Figueroa. Unlikely, so we're starting with the transfer portal. Unlikely, but what if Kyle McCord hits the transfer portal? He is a Philadelphia quarterback that Penn State has recruited previously. He'll be behind freshman C.J. Stroud for the next two years, plus Quinn Ewers is there, and uh, Nestor believes that he's going to put up a heck of a fight. So this is an interesting situation of, yes, they've recruited him previously. And part of what I'm looking at when it comes to the profile of a player that Penn State is going to target in the portal, that's a part of it. 
But, and I, I had somebody point this out the other day, that they got Kirk Shiraka from Minnesota. They have yet to go poach prospects or coaches from other Big Ten schools. Now, the Big Ten West is a little bit different, and Minnesota they don't see as regularly, but there have been no players at other schools from the Big Ten East that Penn State has gotten in the transfer portal. We're still super early in this process, so that could change, but until it does, my answer is no. That whether it's because they don't want a guy that didn't win the battle. So this is the other part of it is it could be a guy that was a highly rated prospect or a highly rated recruit that didn't play because he didn't see the field because he wasn't good enough. Do you want that guy? Penn State's looking for upgrades in players and talent. They're not looking to bring in guys that couldn't make it at other schools. That's not, in my opinion, that's not upgrading your program. And this is the other roadblock is I don't know they take a guy from the Big Ten East. The only player off the top of my head that's gone from Penn State to another program in the East was Lance Dixon, who went to Michigan last year. So until that changes for Penn State, I don't see it happening. And there could be a number of reasons that I don't know, but that's just what I'm looking at right now as far as my level of perception into it and, and what I've seen from Penn State. James Franklin doesn't like the portal to begin with, and I don't think he's trying to get guys coming and poaching his players from the Big Ten East, where there are a lot of connections. Our next question comes from Jay. Jayspin80 asks, this is referencing PJ Musfer being on the All-Big Ten second team, as by the coaches. He says, Penn State couldn't stop the run consistently after he went out with an injury. Do you think he gives it another go at Penn State? This list will likely boost his draft stock, being the fact that he was on the Big Ten, All-Big Ten second team by the coaches, and he only played five games in like 11 plays. That's a really impressive feat that he left that much of an impact that the coaches, they put him on the season-ending list. So, to that last part, I don't know that it does. I don't know that postseason awards really affect your draft stock because uh, there was a tight end that won the John Mackey Award. Harrison Bryant, I believe was his name, won the Mackey Award for the nation's best tight end. He went in the, like the fourth round, fifth round, something like that. He went to the Browns. Good player. I thought he should have been drafted higher, but it's about your physical abilities. It's about your your prototype of the position. And I really like P.J. Mustafer, but I don't know that the NFL is going to really like him because he's not a pass rusher. He's a nose tackle, which if you're not a first-round draft pick nose tackle, then you're a third pick at the most. Like That means you don't push the pocket. And as much as he was great, as a run defender, and he did a lot of great stuff when it comes to jumping gaps and opening up opportunities for linebackers, that's not a high priority in the NFL. The high priority is you do both. You're the physical freak that goes and gets the quarterback. Did he put enough on film that he can be one of those fourth or fifth round draft pick nose tackles? I don't know that he was Austin Johnson at Penn State, because that's the other route he can go. Did he do enough this year? To me, I would want him on my team because I think he does those things well. But there are also times when he got pushed off the ball on just regular double teams. So the question is going to become, does he come back from what I'm assuming is a knee injury next year? And is, able, is he able to put good film out there for, pen, for, for teams in his fifth year? But that's complicated by the fact that he, he got injured in October. And I don't care what you say about knee injuries. And you can technically play within nine months of an ACL. And this is wild speculation that I've been wildly speculating based on the injury. But let's just say it's a typical knee injury and it's, an, it's a nine to 12 month recovery. To recover by that time, it's, it's October. You're in the middle of the football season. So let's say he's early and he's in September. 
He hasn't weight trained all offseason because he's been rehabbing. That's tough to come back and play at a high level, an elite level, and change your draft stock, at least in your first couple games. So I do think that he needs to wait. He needs to come back to Penn State because what that's going to do is allow him to be ready for the offseason next year where he can then test and he can run and he can bench press and he can go uh, do individual workouts and all the things he can't do this year while injured for teams. Because if he goes now and he's not drafted, then he doesn't, He's not playing in the fall with his injury. So then what happens? Does he make a practice squad? Does the team stash him somewhere? That's a lot of unknowns. That would not be something that I would be comfortable with. So if I were PJ Mustfer, I would come back and I would see if I could uh, make sure that I have to delay those processes until I'm fully healthy because there's no guarantee he's a high draft pick. And I mean high as like fourth round. So I do think that's an opportunity, but I don't know that I would expect a ton from him next year, especially early on. You're still going to be relying on uh, the young guys that you have right now in Izzard and Ellie's to be the guys leading the team at that position. And then a guy that I'm super interested in is Jordan Vandenberg. I think he's going to be very talented at defensive tackle eventually. Our final question today comes from Drew Cagle. He asks, when looking at quarterbacks to add in the portal, do you think that Penn State will value scheme fit in Yurch's offense or raw talent more? Now, to the second part of recruits, talent. Talent, 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 talent. Raw, raw talent. You want as much talent as possible, and you want to be able to mold that talent. And if Yurcich is worth his salt as a uh, an offensive coordinator, as a quarterback coach, he'll be able to do that. But when it comes to the transfer portal, why do you want another young, unproven quarterback on the roster just to have bodies? And I understand as many lottery tickets as possible, but if you're going into the portal and you have a redshirt freshman and two true freshmen next year, you need an upperclassman. So that narrows it down to me. And that's why, and this question was in reference to Spencer Rattler uh, and the conversation we had on the Daily Edition on Monday. To me, when you're looking at that, it's going to be about system fit and maturity and we've seen him play, and we know he can read cover three versus cover one versus cloud three. We need him to be able to do those things so that he can, you know, try and compete for a starting job here with Christian Veyu. We're not looking for another guy that needs a year of seasoning. And we're especially not looking for another guy that couldn't hack it at another school, even if he was a top recruit. If you're transferring, you're transferring for a reason. And that's James Franklin always talks about what are you looking for? When you transfer, like, are you actually doing your homework? So to me, it's going to be more about system fit and really just competency at the position when it comes to a transfer quarterback. Now, there's one guy I have in mind. And again, we're going to save that for later in the week of the guys that I would target in the portal that I've done some research on for Penn State. Guys that I think fit situations, guys that I think can help Penn State and that have a good general feel about them. I'll get you those guys later this week. And if you want to make sure you don't miss that episode, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And while you're at it, if you're at this point in the video, I always stop and say, if you're at this point in the video, you enjoyed it enough that you should probably give the video a like. It's much appreciated. YouTube really likes it when videos get likes. So I would appreciate that. And again, it's free to subscribe. So just hit the subscribe button and then you never miss a BWI Daily Edition. We're going to be talking about transfer portal, roster construction. Penn State is in the full swings of bowl prep. All that information coming up leading up to the early signing period in just a couple of weeks. You don't want to miss anything here on the BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Rankar. 
Talk to you tomorrow.